yes, welcome back to Atypically Topical, episode 89. 89? Yeah, we're getting to the last 10 of the, I was going to say century. Is there a word for 100? Uh, of the centennial. Is that also time related? I don't know. <laughs> anyways, don't ask me these questions. I don't know. <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> um, anyways, we, of the first hundred, okay, that's just a number. Anyways, I'll think of it later and then I'll be pissed at myself. We're almost in the final tenth of that, so we have that to look forward to. She's raising her hands, like raising the roof. <laughs> I'm just going to do the visuals throughout the episode. You don't really have a lot of... Sometimes you hit the mic when you're gesturing with your hands. But it's not... Uh, Intentional? No, it doesn't Productive. pertain to... <laughs> Helpful? <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, so this episode we're going to be talking about badass women, which I'm surprised we haven't done... I mean, we've done it, but not like explicitly as a topic. Yeah. We've, I mean, we've probably both already covered Baswin by now, but not like for something that we researched. Mm-hmm. So this should be a good one. I know it's one that you will have a lot to say about. Cause, um, yeah, cause, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of that, I, this, I just um, something reminded me of this because um, we don't really have quarantine corners, and so then we just talk about like nothing. We haven't really done much. We've been sitting at home. Yeah, but there was a something that came out recently the the college basketball tournament is going on right now mm-hmm. for men and women and the men are in uh indiana they're having the whole tournament like in a bubble there kind of mm-hmm. like the nba did in orlando okay and the women are having it here in san antonio oh and oh also, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they're doing it like here and then a couple games in austin and san marcos i think but then they're like the final eight like the final few rounds are all in san antonio mm-hmm. and this thing went viral because um, a performance trainer, I believe, something like that for one of the teams on the women's mm-hmm. side, um, she, she like, put it, I think she posted it on TikTok, actually, mm-hmm. and it was, um, or what's one of those? Instagram maybe first and then TikTok, but one of them posted the a picture that someone had sent her of the men's weight room. And it was just like this, you know, this huge, like you're at a gold's gym or something like mm-hmm. this huge thing with benches and, and weights everywhere and all this stuff. And then the, she took a picture of where their weight room here in, in San Antonio. And it was like, it was like some yoga mats and like one rack of dumbbells. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know if she just like zoomed in onto one part of it, but either way, it was considerably, considerably less than what the men had. So of course that went viral. And, um, then the NCAA was like, you know, under fire for that. And there, they have a woman like vice president that she mm-hmm. talked about it. And she kind of just came up with some, some bullshit about <laughs> like that the, there's limited spacing and they were planning to have it. Um, you know, once they were able to make the room, they were going to expand on the gym. Like, and, mm, yeah, and then like sure you were and then i know this one was a tiktok because it was like a player from oregon i think and she are they are is oregon the one with the ducks yeah okay uh they she kind of like showed this entire huge empty area that was like <laughs> as big as the men's that was full of stuff mm-hmm. and she was like she said that we didn't have room and she kind of panned around. And so anyways, that kind of made me think because today, the reason I know so much about this is because I wrote about, um, you know, I'm a writer for the the Spurs, the NBA team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the assistant coach you should know is um, you know by now is Becky Hammond. She's like probably going to be the first female head coach ever. I would think. Yeah. Everybody's saying that, and she like had this long rant on Instagram about that, and she was like saying. It basically said, like, um, shout out to those girls that, like, uh, those women that um, shed light on this because this is gross and all this <laughs> stuff. And she's like, I have a game to prepare for, but I have a lot more to say about this. And, um, you know, we need to keep talking about this. And she said, like, uh, um, something about, like, not being silent. Like, silence is for taking naps. So you want to be loud or something like that. So. Mm. I thought that was like a nice female empowerment moment because it's like it's true. Like they NCAA, and by the way, this is NCAA. This is not San Antonio that's doing this. <laughs> so um, they always NCAA always does dumb stuff. Like you know they don't pay their players and they expect them to make them so much money. And well, isn't that just like college in general? <laughs> college sports in general. <laughs> that's NCAA. NCAA is you know national college athletes or whatever it is. It's all sports that they mm-hmm. cover. So it's like. Um, it was cool to see her speak out on that. And I wrote about that on Air Alamo, by the way, anybody that cares. <laughs> we have a crossover of zero people probably. But yeah, that's a, that's a she's another badass woman, I would think, that I would have covered if I could. But yeah. I went somewhere else because I already had an idea, actually, which is why I thought of this topic. Um, but we will get to that a little bit later. I thought you were going to say that I'm a badass woman, but whatever. So let's go ahead and jump into Mindy Tries It. <laughs> yeah, you're a badass woman, Mindy. Yeah, I did um, today. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah, because um, when I, I don't like the classes they have available, I'll just usually do my own exercises. You're talking about a gym class? Yeah, right? like a gym class. So then um, I went to this little workout area, and I was like, completely by myself. It was great. Mm-hmm. But... Um, um, but they had like these pull up bars, and I'm like, let me see if I can do a pull up. And I was able to do it. And I was like, oh my god, I am woman. You looked at your arms like, yeah. Oh my god. And I was able to do three in a row, which is like never happened in my life. So mm-hmm. I'm really proud of myself. That's, that's pretty good from zero to three. Well, I mean, I haven't really been practicing my pull ups, but like, you might have been able to do one for a while now since you've been going to the gym for how long? Like, like over a year. Over a year now. It's pretty much since quarantine. Yeah. You've been going like almost five days, six days a week. So, yeah. yeah She's very fit, guys. I got some guns. Right mm-hmm. Check her out at, uh, <laughs> just plug your. <laughs> My Instagram that has no pictures oh, of your, me. And your TikTok that has no videos. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I do have a one, one picture I posted. On Instagram? Yeah, on Instagram. But it doesn't, it's not like showing like my body or anything. <laughs> it's just me in a tank top. That's true. They don't need to see that anyways. Nah, it's fine. You're just here for the history lesson and comedy guys yeah exactly don't be prayers jesus um <laughs> all right so let's go ahead and head to the first segment which is mindy tries it mm. actually i already opened this one because uh we kind of crinkle a lot on the on the episode so i passed it over to you and these are uni rice crackers uni uni okay these delicious fried crackers pull their lovely umami flavor from uni, which is sea urchin. I was going to say. Oh, you knew that. Yeah, it's sea urchin. And I never, I, soy I was, sauce. I wanted to try sea, because it's really popular on sushi, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever had it, but people say it's really good, so. Yeah, so this is the segment where she tries a, a snack from our Japanese box that we got, and we don't really, we've never Yeah, uni looks really weird. Like, if you Google what uni looks like, it kind of looks like a tongue. Oh, really? Yeah, like a yellow tongue or orange tongue. Oh, 
hate how Google just autocompletes it. It went to United Center. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a lot of them, when I Google uni, it looks like peanut butter cookies. <laughs> um, when I go to images. Besides uh, the I, one that's in a huge urchin shell or shell or whatever it's called. Um, it looks like a tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Okay. So Go ahead and try it. These are um, savory and salty without being overly fishy. And the shape even looks like the actual sea urchin. Uh, yes, a little bit. Really. It's a little oblong. That's what it says. Um, and it looks kind of like... Let me have one so I can describe it and try one. They're pretty small. They look like little crunchy. They kind of look like tiny... Any hash brown. I don't. I can't even describe what it tastes like. It just tastes like a cracker. I'd say it's savory and salty without being overly fishy, but that's just me. <laughs> um, it does. I mean, you know what it reminds me of? Mm. Funyuns. Try but less, one. But less oniony. Right. But try one and think of funyuns. Oh, it's totally funyuns, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this gonna taste like just really like just savory. Funny meat, yeah. That's not bad. Not bad. Give it. Go ahead and give it a thumbs up, even though it's not like you wouldn't seek it out. Yeah, I, was, I, I mean, I would eat it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's the test. That's a true test. Yeah. Very good. We should start giving them scores. Maybe next, <laughs> if I remember, which I won't. Yeah, because that's like for me, like that's neutral. Like if I'm gonna give it a score, I'd yeah, give it like that'd be a, on the lower end, like a five point six. Okay, yeah, and that is the uni rice cracker. So look to your local Asian market for that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go ahead and jump into before we talk about badass women. Let's talk about a um, fucking weird guy in questioning Florida. <laughs> So, <laughs> on this one, I want to, because this is a headline from The Smoking Gun, which I, I think it's kind of like, they're not really like a, like the Washington Post, and not like a, like news news. I mean, they might be, but they kind of like, you can tell from when I read the headline. It's not the, the best writing. Well, no, not that they suck or anything, but they're, they don't take themselves seriously. Oh, like okay. That. So, I'm going to read you that, their headline, and then you guess what this story is about. Okay. Headline. Pickle packing perv. Popped on private premise. That's a a lot of alliteration. Yeah, it is. They kind of went overboard on it, but pickle packing perv popped on private premise. I don't think they always do this with headlines, but maybe they just like the, couldn't help themselves. Someone that works at a pick, like a pickle company gets shot. <laughs> well, pickle packing perv. Oh, okay. So he's a perv. He's a <laughs> they got a shot. Perv. He's a what? Well, did he get gets popped? Popped on private premise. So popped, I, I, I mean, I think shooting, like someone shot him. Okay. Well, let me read you the, so I'm going to actually start by reading, because the good thing about this site is a lot of times they have the actual arrest report. Hmm. And so they kind of sound more like this is the officer's own account of it. So hmm. it's not like, uh, it just, they have to word it like officially, but it's just, it's still funny. So let me start with the report first, and I'll get into what happened. Okay. This is um, from actually this month. So, um, and so it has all his whole, his name, his his address, his date, and then you go down to the incident. I was dispatched to a suspicious person 
While circulating the area, I observed the defendant on a private premise. While on a private premise, I observed the defendant lying flat on his back, no pants or undergarments on his bottom half. <laughs> Eric had his penis in one hand and a large uneaten pickle in his other hand. Eric was using the pickle to penetrate his rectum while he was masturbating. <laughs> this took a turn that I didn't expect. <laughs> yeah, so I think here they're using popped as in like like uh, busted. Like you, you got popped oh, by the cops. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not like shot. <laughs> Which, I mean, I, mean, I, I, guess would, it's, I wouldn't blame it's, them. It's, it's better. I mean, I'd rather see a, a man have a pickle up his butt than have a man shot. <laughs> I'm glad we got that clean. Um, but agreed. <laughs> That's why I didn't, I didn't want to breathe or talk during that sentence because I just, I need a clean cut of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this, again, this happened on, <clears throat> this actually happened on March 15th. So as of our recording, that was like this week. So it was like my dad's the day before my dad's and his birthday. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I hope he is happy to have it associated with this incident. My, my dad doesn't need to know about it. Lily, maybe. I'll tell her about it later. Okay, fair enough. Or she can listen herself. She has access to podcasts, I'm sure. Yeah, she's a um, Gen Zer, right? <laughs> Do you need to be or... in a certain generation to listen to podcasts? <laughs> well, I'm just saying she's more uh, technology. Yeah, savvy. Savvy. Okay, let's jump into what happened. A pantsless Florida man was arrested yesterday after police spotted him pleasuring himself with a pickle while on a private premise. Well, was he like out in the open? Or? <laughs> yes. I mean, if you're gonna do that, like, just do it in the privacy of your home or something. That's not, what's the exciting part of that? <laughs> you don't get to get popped by the cops. Responding to a suspicious person call around 4 p.m. <laughs> so middle of the evening. The cops saw, I guess, afternoon. Uh, a cop saw Eric Detige. Well, what would be a weird time for you to be masturbating? <laughs> what would be a weird time? Yeah, like... 4 p.m. <laughs> yeah, like 3 or 4. Probably supposed to be working. Um, Detige, his last name, I don't know what it is, lying on his back in front of a townhouse in Oldsmar, which is in the Tampa Bay area. So he's in front of a townhouse. Mm-hmm. And unencumbered by pants or underwear, he had his penis in one hand and a large uneaten pickle in his other. He was using the pickle to penetrate his rectum while he was masturbating. Like, see, I'm not against, like, penetration or anything like that, but, like, why would you use a pickle when there's, like, so many other things that you could, you could use? Uh, maybe like, this... what if the pickle breaks? <laughs> well, then... that's, that's bad news right there. He's going to have a grand old sour time up in there. <laughs> <laughs> he was arrested on a misdemeanor exposure of sexual organs charge and is being held in county jail. Eric, whose address is listed as the Flying the Flying Cloud Mobile Home Park in Tampa, so he's, this guy's a mobile home guy, oh, okay. has prior convictions for theft, disorderly conduct, resisting police, and criminal mischief. Jail records note that he, uh, he has, quote, only God can judge me, tattooed on his arm. Of course. <laughs> Of course he does, right? <laughs> I mean, that's... I mean, God is judging you at this very moment. And doing it harshly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just very fitting. I'm sure they could probably see it while he was, you know, laying down there jerking it. Oh, that makes sense. There's no indication in court records that the pickle was seized as evidence. 
Which I would hope I, not. What I mean, it? if I was a police officer, I'd be like, I'll, we're just, good. Take a, I'll just take a picture of it. I don't want to touch yeah, it. Yeah, we're good. Or get the intern to bag it up. <laughs> I mean, that's why they're there. Yeah. You got a fork? <laughs> no, we had to keep it whole. <laughs> Damn it. I quit. <laughs> so, for this guy, I want to... As usual, that's the end of it. So I want to have you guess the age of Eric Detige. Oh, God. Eric Detige? It's D-E-T-I-E-G-E. That's not help you at all, but... Pervert. So I'm going to guess he's like in his 40s, like 43. <laughs> I like how you just said he's a pervert. So I'm going to guess he's in his 40s. Eric Detige is... 47 Dang, years old. You're right there. You're right there. Let me go ahead and send you. They actually have his mugshot. Which, um... Well, my logic is not sound, but it works out somehow. <laughs> it somehow does the job. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I wouldn't ex- expect that guy. What I was going to do is, um... If you weren't that close, I was going to say, hey, try again after looking at him. Because doesn't he look younger? Yeah. He looks he, younger than 47. Yeah, right? he looks like... A, he doesn't he, look young. But he doesn't look 47. Either. Yeah, I mean, he looks like maybe he's in his, like, early to mid-30s. Mm, let's say mid to late. Because <laughs> I'm into early to mid. Well, but you look young for your age. Thank you. But so see, does he. See, see, see how I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I did that? It's yeah. a badass woman right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's just, I don't know if whoever wants to look him up, if you dare Google this story. Just some, he's like a tan, bald dude with kind of big ears. Um, kind of a big nose. <laughs> I don't really know who he looks like. Maybe Elmer Fudd um, with a tan. Um, but yeah, let's go over his Florida man score real quick. Okay. Mugshot is five. They said no pants and underwear, so I'm counting that as fully nude. <laughs> That's another five. Yeah, I would count that as nude. And and for the location, I did some digging because they had his, his address on the rest report, and then they also gave the address on um, on the story. And that was, um, and so I looked it up and it's like 40 minutes from his, from his mobile home, hmm. which I thought was kind of weird. Cause I'm like, what is he doing all the way out there with, you know, without any clothes on and with a pickle and doing all that. Um, I don't know. A lot of, a lot of this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So there's a home in question not owned by Florida man, which we don't see that often. That's two <laughs> points. The reason for arrest, surprisingly, they don't have exposure of sexual organs, <laughs> but I just put disorderly conduct again, because that's the closest thing, and that's another two. Total of 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Were you going to say something? No, I don't feel like <laughs> It's need... best to move on. Yeah, I don't feel like I need to make any more comments to this. So... Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so sorry to bring down the, the badass women, but let's go ahead and raise them back up with your story. Okay, so... Um... I came across this woman um, kind of randomly, mm-hmm. but as soon as I saw her, I was like, wait, I know who this person is. Like, I've seen her before, but I was like, but I don't know really who she is, though. Okay. So I decided to do some research on her, and I was like, oh, okay, so she is a badass woman. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So I'm going to talk about Juana Inés de la Cruz. Oh, okay. Do you, know, do you have any idea who that Juana is? Juana de la Cruz, no. Juana Inés de la Cruz. No. Okay. Well, I'll tell you who she is. Juana Inés de la Cruz uh, was born November 12, 1648 in a oh, town... Very old already. Yeah, very old. Uh, near a town of... Which is... 
which is near Mexico City. Um, she lived during the time where Mexico was called New Spain because um, it was taken over by Spain, and they were just kind of like, hmm, what do we call this place now mm-hmm. that we have? They have a name for it. It's called Mexico, and they're like, let's mm, call it New Spain. <laughs> okay. And they're like, okay. Um, not the cleverest. But not sure. the, but I mean, we can't. We do the same. Yeah, there's New York, <laughs> New Mexico, mm-hmm, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, um, New Texas. <laughs> um, her maternal grandparents were born in Spain, and so she was part of the higher class hmm. in New Spain, because um, you know how there's like the people that are born in Spain are the highest, and then you got those people that are mixed, like with the native. Mexicans, they're like the mestizos in their middle, and then like the native Mexicans yeah. at the lower class. So we're mestizos technically. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother had Juana out of wedlock with a Spanish captain. Um, her father, <laughs> her father, basically was absent from her whole life, but it was okay because her maternal grandfather would be sort of a father figure to her. Mm. Yeah, her, her, her father's not really. We don't talk about him. Okay. <laughs> um, her grandfather provided her with a good home where she was able to read a lot of books from his library. Mm. From the very start, she had an appetite for learning. In fact, by the time she was three, Juana had learned to read, read and write in Latin. And by the time she was eight, she was already writing her own work. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, imagine, what was I doing at eight? <laughs> what were you like, doing at three? <laughs> <laughs> I was still in Houston. <laughs> Probably playing with learning like, to walk. <laughs> learning to walk. I still, I was still couldn't talk at that time. <laughs> Three, really? Yeah, I didn't speak until I was four. So that's crazy. She's, she's very advanced at her age. Um, and t- compared to you at that point, she's like freaking savant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, compared to anyone. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I grew out of it. Um, <laughs> Um, where was I? I used to have issues with talking sometimes. <laughs> well, what do you, why do you think that is? Because <laughs> of that. Yeah. Now we have a reason. Mm-hmm. This is her origin story, guys. <laughs> um, I don't know, where was I? Yeah. Okay. But due to the time that she was living in, women were not allowed to get an education. Of course. Um, so she learned everything she could from her grandfather's library. Hmm. At age 16, she was so desperate to go to school that she asked her mother if she could disguise herself as a male so she could go to university. Her mom didn't let her, so she continued to study on her own. She's, um, she's the man, what is that called? What's the Amanda Bynes movie? She's the man. She's the man. (laughs) Yeah. She's the original. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope she doesn't put tampons in her nose at some point. (laughs) Do you get that reference? Uh, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. <laughs> um, by this time, she... Um, I'm sorry. By this time, she went to live in Mexico City under the tutelage of a woman named Lenore de Carrito. Um, I mean, Carreto, that's what I meant. Um, who was a viceroyal. Viceroy. Uh-huh. Uh, so, a viceroy is basically just like kind of a representative of Spain. Okay. Um, Like an ambassador. Yeah, and so they like they basically just took her in because they were like, "We need to get you married off to someone." Of course, we need to prepare. Such a running theme in like all 
of these time period ones. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Another viceroy um, wanted to test how intelligent Juana is. And at this time, she was 17 years old. Um, so um, he invited several theologists, jurists, philosophers, and poets to a meeting in which he had to answer several questions mm-hmm. unprepared and explain several diffi- difficult points in, on scientific and literary subjects. So they were trying to like catch her or something. Like. Yeah, test how smart she was, yeah, yeah. I guess. Which is not really fair. Mm-hmm. And the manner in which she acquitted herself astonished all the all everyone that was present. Is the word acquitted? That's what it says. A C Q U I T T E D. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. Okay. Um, Sorry, I, I just maybe. <laughs> and great and greatly increased her reputation. Her literary accomplishments garnered her fame throughout New Spain, so much so that um, she became admired by the vice regal court, and she received several proposals for marriage, (laughs) which she declined. I'm kind of surprised because, like, I feel like their masculinity—they wouldn't want their women to be smart because they don't even want them to be educated in the first place. That's like. Well, I mean, I guess maybe if you have a smart wife, your kids are about to be smart. <laughs> you could subdue her later, I guess. Dude, the guys really put that much thought into it. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Um. Juana didn't want to limit her education and marriage, so she decided to enter the monastery of their. Hermonite nuns, and she became a nun. She wished to, quote, have no fixed occupation which might crucial my freedom to study. Which might what? Crucial? Is this like a translated article? (laughs) I guess so. I should have read this more. No, it's it's fine. I just want to make sure it's... Yeah, it's it's crucial. So let's try that sentence again, but just you can put a different word that makes sense. Uh, Okay. Um... Okay, okay, okay. Have no fixed occupation which might limit my freedom to study. Mm. Makes sense. Um, one of her most famous works is called, quote, You Foolish Man. This poem criticized sex's uh, double standards um, and basically saying how men corrupt women while blaming them for their morality. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but here are some highlights that I appreciated. It says, (laughs) In all of your crazy shows, you act just like a child who plays the boogeyman of which he's then afraid. What kind of mind is otter? Otter? Is that, that's weird. I don't know why it sounds like, like, I'm saying, it sounds like I'm saying otter, like the, the animal. What are you? Oh, otter. Otter. (laughs) O-D-D. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) What kind of mind is stranger? (laughs) Well, this is, this is actually the poem. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Let's just change it. (laughs) Uh, What kind of mind is. Let me explain this to you. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of mind is otter than his who miss a mirror and then complains that it's not clear? And hold hands while in the water. (laughs) (laughs) No woman wins esteem of you. The most modest is ungrateful if she refuses to admit you. Yet, if she does, she's loose. Mm -hmm. You always are so foolish. Your censure is unfair. Mm -hmm. One you blame for cruelty and the other for being easy. 
And she's popping off. Mm-hmm. Patton is your arrogance that fights with many weapons. Since in promise and instance, you join world, flesh, and devil. I kind of want to edit in some like preach or like people <laughs> at a gospel church <laughs> throughout parts of this, but I won't yeah. because I'm too lazy. Yeah, if you had to, if you really care, yeah. you would. If we still had Andrew, <laughs> yeah, he'd probably get up. Yeah. yeah. Um, while she was at the tur- at the church, she was considered a uh, prized treasure. She wrote dramas, uh, comedies, and tristes. Or I forget how you say that. Tristes. It's some kind of like. Oh, old timey word, oh, okay. but basically just means like written work. So she wrote about like different like philosophies oh, and, okay. ma- and about mathematics and what she thought of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to religious music and poetry, so she's uh, writing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, um, she acquired a massive library and was visited by many prominent scholars at the mm-hmm. time. She became the convent's treasurer and archivist. Um, her outspokenness ultimately brought her into conflict with her benefactors. There it is. In 1690, a bishop published um, Juana's private critique of a respected sermon. Hmm. In the sermon, he reprimanded Juana to devote herself to prayer rather than debate. She replied that God would not have given women intellect if he did not want them to use it. Damn. In addition, she, she advocated for women's right to serve as intellectual authorities and by putting women in positions of authority. Right. This exchange caught the attention of a conservative archbishop of, in Mexico. Juana was slowly stripped of her prestige, forced to sell her books. She had acquired like over 4,000 mm-hmm. volumes. Oh, God. Um, and she had to give up writing. Mm. Juana's, Juana was furious about the censorship However, she was devoted to the church, so she renewed her vows, and and in an act of defiance, she signed her vows, quote, I, the worst of all, in her own blood. Whoa, that's fucking badass. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) And she died of blood loss. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be really sad. Because they had no way to help that. What does she have? um, What's that disease that um, prevents you from getting, like, clotting? Oh, I don't know. Um, Is it like H, something with an H, hemo, uh, Hemophilia. Okay. I was thinking hemophilia, but I wasn't sure. I, I wasn't. I knew it was blood related, but I don't know. Yeah, hemophilia is the one where like you, you don't have like white blood cells to, um, you know, to block when you get cuts or whatever. Oh, okay. Uh, without being able to write or continue her studies, Juana threw herself into charity work. During this time, the plague had hit Mexico, and Juana worked as a nurse helping individuals stricken by the disease. Mm. Unfortunately, Juana would contract the disease on oh. and <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. And on April 17th, 1695, she would die at the age of 46. Wow. Um, Man, she's younger than fucking Eric Dietrich or whatever. This, the, the pickle guy. Oh, the pickle guy. <laughs> yeah, just like a pair of her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying. It's sad that he lasted longer. Although, it was a way different time. Yeah. I'm sure she had a lot better impact than he will ever have. For sure. Um, out of the 100 unpublished works she did, only a few of her writings have survived, which are which is known as the complete works. So mm. we only have a limited... Wow. Understanding of what she was, she wrote and all that jazz, yeah. jazz. 
Um, but despite the majority of her work never seeing the light of day, Juana is an important figure in Mexican culture due to her work in challenging the patriarchy and is recognized as the first feminist in the Americas. Hmm. Not only that, this is how I recognize her. She's actually on the $200 peso. Oh, wow. So I just I, I guess I just saw her image when yeah. I was working in my grandfather's store. And when I saw her picture, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I know that what chick. That? I see her. Back when you would take money from the register. Yeah. And my grandpa let me do it. <laughs> R.I.P. Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's on the $200 peso. If you want to look that up, it's pretty cool. She has like a like a medallion on her and she's dressed like a nun. Mm. Um but there's an organization that was called Sor Juana Inés of Abused Women. It's now called Cora. Um, this organization helps women who are survivors of domestic abuse by offering community, legal, and family support services. So that organization kind of like started, was like inspired by her. And oh, so okay. they, now they help. Nice. Yeah, they, survivors of domestic abuse. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Juana Inés de la Cruz. Mm, like a... A, a genius slash badass woman. <laughs> Wait, what was her? Did you say like her nationality or like what? She well, she's she's Spanish. Okay, because her yeah. So because her mother, her grandparents are Spanish, and her dad is a Spanish. What was he? Because uh, they don't we don't really care about him. Um, he's a Spanish general, a captain. I mean, so I'm, I assume he's Spanish too. So yeah. So she's Spanish, but she lived in Mexico. So it's, cool. But yeah, so there you go. That's Juana de la Cruz. And I'm Juana Inés de la Cruz. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, the reason I ask is because um, my story is actually about a a woman from Mexico. Oh, okay. So we have a little running theme that we didn't even intend. I know. We're talking about badass American women with a badass... (laughs) I mean, what did I say? Would you say American women? (laughs) I didn't mean American. Badass Mexican women (laughs) with a badass Mexican... Mm -hmm. Woman. Woman. You want to take that over? <laughs> <laughs> She's only had a, a three-fourths of one drink. Um, okay. <laughs> so this is this is the story of uh, Miriam Rodriguez. Miriam Rodriguez. I guess I should say it. But Miriam. Like the yeah, white just say medium. Say, huh? say medium. It sounds like medium. Like large <laughs> medium. <laughs> For, the, for our listeners, so I'll just say Miriam because it's easier. Okay. Um, you you took care of all the, you know, those words, the Spanish sounding words. <laughs> <laughs> the sp- um, the, it's, they're Spanish words, and that's Spanish sounding <laughs> words. They're both. Okay, so um, I don't remember how I stumbled on this, but I just I had to cover it once I saw it, um, and it's also fairly recent because the article. Um, the original one is from, I believe it was December 2020, mm. and it was a uh, New York Times article. But when I was, like, I usually kind of, I usually, whenever I I do my story, I kind of paste the whole thing in, and then I'll sift through and delete some things that, you know, mm-hmm. to make it shorter. But this New York Times one is, like, the longest article I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so I had to go somewhere else that summed it up. Okay. And then I kind of mixed in some of the juicier New York Times stuff, so... Uh, New York Times and Business Insider is what I used. Um, the original article was by Azam Ahmed. Okay. And I'm, I'm not going to read you any headline. I just want to read you what happened because it's, it's pretty cool. 
Uh, Miriam Elizabeth Rodriguez Martinez, of course, that's very Mexican. <laughs> uh, San Fernando um, Tamaulipas, I believe, mm-hmm. became a fearless activist and vigilante after her daughter, Karen Alejandra Salinas Rodriguez, 20 years old, was abducted in 2014 by the Los Zetas drug cartel. Oh, yeah. The Los Zetas are like the worst drug cartel. Yeah. I thought you would have, you know, a bit about it. Or yeah. I mean, because there's like different drug cartels, but they like are known to, to be the more violent. Violent and ruthless and fucked up yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dr- dr- if you're listening, <laughs> Zetas, I'm just this is a comedy. Yeah, yeah I mean, drug cartels <laughs> in general aren't great, but they're like kind of like one of the worst. Yeah, like yeah. Okay. Um, Karen Rodriguez was in her pickup truck when armed men forced their way into her vehicle and abducted her. Yeah, sounds about right. Her family followed all the kidnappers' demands and took out a loan to pay the ransom. Miriam Rodriguez even met with the Los Zetas member. Who offered to help locate? Who offered to help locate Karen for two thousand dollars? However, the family was duped, and Karen Rodriguez's remains were found at an abandoned ranch later that year. Wow! Yeah, twenty years old. The authorities failed to arrest any of the Losetas kidnappers, and Miriam Rodriguez dedicated the rest of her life to achieving justice for her daughter. Okay. She cut her hair, dyed it, and disguised herself as a pollster, a health care worker and an election official to get their names and addresses. Okay. This is like, yeah. She she invented excuses to meet their families, uh, to meet their families, unsuspecting grandmothers and cousins, um, and others who would give her details, however small. She wrote down everything and stuffed it into her black computer bag, building her investigation and tracking them down one by one. This is like some taken shit. Mm Mm-hmm. She knew their habits, friends, hometowns, and childhoods. She knew the florist had sold flowers on the street before joining the Zeta cartel and getting involved in her daughter's kidnapping. Now he was on the run and back to what he knew, selling roses to make ends meet. She threw a trench coat over her pajamas, a baseball cap over her fire engine red hair, and a gun in her purse, heading for the border to find the florist. On the bridge, she scoured the vendors for flower cards, but that day he was selling sunglasses instead. When she finally found him, she got too excited and too close. He recognized her and ran. Mm. He sprinted along the narrow pedestrian pass, hoping to get away. Mrs. Rodriguez, 56 at the time, grabbed him by the shirt and wrestled him to the rails. She jammed her handgun into his back. If you move, I'll shoot you, she told him. Uh, she held him there for nearly an hour, awaiting the police to make the arrest. Dang. So that's one of the guys. <laughs> I'm surprised the police did anything. Right? Yeah. Uh, they, they, like, from what I hear, they would try to be paid off by the guy and be like, I didn't see anything. Yeah, that's usually how it works. Like, because yeah. car- cartels know, like, the police and their families and so they threaten them and the police don't do shit, so. Mm-hmm. So, in three years, she captured nearly every living member of the crew that had abducted her her daughter for ransom. Damn. A rogues gallery of criminals who tried to start new lives. One as a born-again Christian, another as a taxi driver, a car salesman, a babysitter. In all, she was instrumental in taking down ten people in a mad campaign for justice that, for justice that made her famous but vulnerable. 
no one challenged organized crime, uh, much less put its members in prison. Sadly, on Mother's Day 2017, weeks after she had chased down one of her last targets, she was shot in front of her home and killed. Her husband inside watching television found her face down on the street, hand tucked inside her purse next to her pistol. So she was trying to make a... uh, She was trying to fight. Yeah. She was shot several times. For many in the northern city of San Fernando, her story represents so much of what is wrong in Mexico. And so remarkable about its people, their perseverance in the face of government indifference, which is kind of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. The country is so torn apart by violence and impunity that a grieving mother had to solve the disappearance of her daughter largely on her own and died and died violently because of it. Before her death, she had asked the government for armed guards, fearing she would be targeted by prisoners who had escaped from a jail in Ciudad Victoria. So she saw it coming. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like she, you know, you go into that knowing that you're going to probably most likely be killed. Which I'm sure she was okay with at that point. She's like, hey, 10 for 1, you know, which makes her a badass. (laughs) Losetas, formerly an armed wing of the Gulf Cartel, have been engaged in a brutal war with their former bosses for years. They frequently abduct innocent victims for ransom or enlist them. Sometimes they even organize death matches between captives for sport. So, as you said, the worst. Following her death, um, Rodriguez's death, Francisco Francisco Garcia Cabeza de Vaca, the governor of Tamaulipas, I nailed that, tweeted that the state government... Wait, is he he a cow's head? (laughs) (laughs) I guess, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, Cabeza de Vaca means cow's head. Yeah. He, He tweeted that the state government, quote, will not allow the death of her to be one more statistic. Rodriguez had set up a group of 600 families working to find their missing relatives, and her son, Luis, now runs it. Miriam, uh, Miriam Rodriguez is a hero in our home in her hometown and has a bronze plaque honoring her in its central square. Nice. Yeah. So you can see why, like, oh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta cover this. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the epitome of this topic, both of these women that we talked about. Yeah, I know. This episode was about... Badass Mexican women and... And Becky Hammond. (laughs) Becky Hammond. And And a pickle dick. And and a guy with a pickle on his butt. (laughs) That pretty much runs the gamut of what we're all about here at Atypical Topical. I mean, you know, we take the woman, Mexican women part seriously. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just get a guy with a pickle on his butt in there sometimes, you know? Well said. On that (laughs) note, we'll see you guys next week for 90. Yeah. For now, let's go ahead and raise our glasses here. And go grab a refill. Bye. Bye. Bikinis, you want a treat? Yeah. Here he comes. I'd rather see a, a man have a pickle up his butt than have a man shot.